You're good? You want to start again? What? You good? Yeah? Okay, good to We will um, probably spend a straight hour. I'd love to split it up, but we have so much to do just for the introduction of the introduction. I want you to go into Kriya Samagila, at least with some bearing on when this is taking place and what the purpose of this party is. So at least for the first few psukim, we'll know what's going on. Uh, I'm toying with the idea, as I mentioned, of taking the entire next season, which is really only four months, and it's the four months immediately prior to Perm. So if anybody asks you why after Sukkot you're learning about Megillah, it's because it's the four months prior to Perm, which it always is, and we like doing things here in depth with a full understanding, which is why it took 18 years to finish Shmuel Malachim, and I think that just from what we're experiencing now last week and this week, and the introduction to the introduction to uh, make a dent, I think was going to be four months. So if uh, the Olam is interested, you can share and speak to a lot of you in between. You could share your thoughts and we'll uh, make a decision then amidst the sham. It'll be Yushalayim. But Perm is one of the Yom Tevin that we're going to have. Lots of love as well. We're going to have Yatav Daraisa also, but this is Durabanon, so that's already a Chiddush. And share with you just a short insight. Remind me to go into it more if we end up doing it. But the Karakemach, the Rabbeinu Bachaya, says that if you look toward the end of the Megillah, it talks about the aftermath of Mordechai being given the power of Haman, Haman being uh, neutralized. Which politically correct word do they use today? Neutralized? It changes every few years. Uh, neutralized, I think, is what they use. So uh, he's out of the picture, and the Pasuk reports that Rabbim is Yadim. Many people are converting, which is strange for a number of reasons. Not strange, they were scared, but Halavai, enough should have been scared. They had plenty of people to fight. Many, many months later, when it came on Yud Gimel, you would think, everybody's so scared, who's coming to fight? Not only did they have people to fight in Shushan, they needed a second day. So there were plenty of people who didn't, but the Pasuk does report that many of the general population did, and they're not really allowed to accept Gerim when they're doing it, L'Shem, covered money, to be in the Israeli basketball team, for marriage, whatever the excuse might be, it has to be for sincere reasons, not because of pachat. So then you have to assume it was based in Shel Hadjetis who did it, but the Ebed Eschalf, they really makabal mitzvahs. And the Karakemach makes a comment that this is a harbinger of Los Lava, where many people, when we really can't be makabal gerem, l'chatchi, l'chatchi, the Mashiach, when they see the power and the covered same reasons, and they want to join, then it's too late. If they come anyway, and it keeps eye mitzvahs, and you can help out, and we got to have somebody who's going to run the stock market, because the Jews are going to be leaving Terry to stroll, so somebody's going to have to train them in, and uh, various other markets, and, um, and that's, that's wonderful, but not a full geirus. So one of the reasons we keep perm is because Los Lovas is going to be, it's going to be no gay, we're going to have to learn some of the lessons learned, but Remind me three months into the season to get back to that point, but that's toward the end of the Megillah, and we didn't even start yet. So, let's go. In front of you, you have a number of copies. There are a number of Maduras here. Take the, if you can, take the sheet which has the Ramban in the back. I just want to show you. You have that? I just want to make sure you have all of them. I hope to get the Ramban. I don't know if I'll get to it tonight. But you should have the Ramban, which we're not going to start with yet, but the front of it has the first Pasuk with the Rashi down the first column. Uh, there's a second set with a few pages, which also has the first Pasuk of Ezra. You could take that also, because that has the page we need, plus more. I have it in two copies only because I want to say over parts of the Rashi, and that one sheet might help you just to follow me in the Rashi. Um, then we'll continue in Pasuk Bay. So... We had the introduction last week with the full knowledge of what we learned from the end of Malachim Beis. That was certainly helpful. The last few kings, Yehoyakim, uh, for 11 years, Yechania for three months, and Sitkio for about another 11 years. And we outlined last week, as Rashi is going to do for us now, there were three, certainly two, but I'm showing you the Rabban holds there were three. There were 
a few stages of Golis. There was Golis Yehoyakim, which is not as famous. Yehoyakim became king three years into his reign, as I mentioned last week. He was attacked by the new empire and the new emperor, Nebuchadnezzar Melabavah. And basically, Nebuchadnezzar just walks in and takes over, as he does all over the world. And Yisrael, unfortunately, now is a vassal state, and he is now a puppet, Yehoyakim. Leaves him in charge because it's easier to have a um, Jewish king administer if he doesn't rebel. And he warns him, of course, not to rebel. Yoachim is not really with the program in terms of asking Das Terah, let alone following Das Terah. And three years into his reign, uh, he gets attacked, subdued, so Nebuchadnezzar thinks. And then he plots and he starts rebelling. And after many more years, in the 11th year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had enough. He comes back and he asks the Sanhedrin, tells the Sanhedrin to hand them over. Because he's Chayiv Misa. Is that working as well? Okay. So there's nothing else in the story is working. So we want to make sure that is. Uh, everything else goes really south. Um, so he and his cohorts, Yoyakim that is, decided they were going to display some Jewish pride in the wrong place at the wrong time. We're very into Jewish pride, but it has to be tempered by halacha. And at this point, another was saying, you've got to do tshuva, not rebel. And they said, it's difficult to rebel, but it's harder to do tshuva, and we're going to rebel, which is not the right way to do things. And Nebuchadnezzar comes back, tells Sanhedrin to hand them over. Mind you, he was Chai Misa for a number of reasons. First of all, he endangered himself, it's his own fault, and Klai Yisrael. And he's an Ovid of Arazara, and Lahachis, and the Gemara Sanhedrin has all sorts of nasty things to say about him, all of which were true. Not the Gemara's fault, it's his fault. And... He was Chai Misa anyway. So they came to him to inform him, Your Highness, we have um, news and news. He can't even say good news and bad news. There's no good news over here. Uh, the first news is that reports are that Nebuchadnezzar is parked in the next town. Do you notice at the end of Malachim Beis, he's always parked in the next town? Because as brave as you think he is, he is he's very scared of Hashem. And he doesn't want to like, be there when Yushalayim is being shepherds. He sends other people so he's waiting in the next town. He sent us a message. He wants you arrested, and we've got to hand you over. All of a sudden, for the first and last time, Yoachim starts quoting Gemaras. You shall me, mind you. Not some Gemaras. It's a Pella. The guy's like the biggest Ovid of Ozer ever. And he says, Rabbi, isn't there a Yushalmi that talks about when they say, you can't hand them over, and it's Yahweh Yahweh? And the conversation went something like, yes, there is such a Gemara and a Yerushalmi, and we paskin that if you chayim is anyway endangering everybody else, we've got to hand you over. And he said he didn't get that part in Shear, and then they reminded him, you probably weren't in Shear. <laughs> and at that point, unfortunately, they, they, they didn't do this uh, gleefully. Unfortunately, they handed him over, and he was arrested, put in chains, started dragging him, and he died within the hour because he was finicky and he wasn't used to this treatment. And unfortunately, we're not happy about this. I'd rather we do tshuva, and he died. That was a recap from a few months ago in Shear, maybe last season with Yoyakim, and... The timeline, when he was captured and when the people uh, went out, or they took him out, is not the important, it was important to him because he died then, but not the important first date we're dealing with. The important first date is three years into his reign. He reigned 11 years. Three years into the reign, he was already basically under the jurisdiction of Nebuchadnezzar, and when Nebuchadnezzar came, many people were taken into Golis. It's called Golis Yoyakim, even though Yoyakim himself wasn't killed till the end of his reign. And his reign ended when he was killed, to be better put. And the first time Nebuchadnezzar came in, he exiled people, just some notables, I don't like name dropping, but uh, da- Daniel, Hanani, Meshav, Azariah, you've heard of them. Okay, so they went out by Golis Yoyakim, not Golis Yechania. That's important. So they were the first, first ones out, very young. Talent was there, took them out, took them to the palace, became the advisors. Uh, the rest uh, we know, both on Daniel and Hananiah Meshavazai, although we will learn a lot about Daniel, more than what we know already. You, people will probably clued in in previous years that Hasach might be Daniel. Machlekes, um, there's some other notables we're going to see right now in the Pusik who might have been Daniel as well. So Daniel is going to play a major role both in being the first one to Gullus and the Gula process. That's Gullus Yoyakim. He also, I'm giving you a heads up now, he also helped himself while he was there in Nebuchadnezzar. He helped himself to some Kalim of the base Amitish and some other things while he's there as the reigning emperor. Why not steal? 
So he did that. Then you have Gaulus Yechania, which was very famous, the Cherish Lamashke, which we learned this season, took the cream of the crop, the Middle Chamim, it ended up being a bracha. They set up the whole community in Bavel. So when the Horban came, they didn't uh, quickly assimilate, although some assimilated and intermarried, and we know that from Ezra. And then there's the Horban. Let's go to the Rashi now. That was a recap from the end of the year last week. Let's go to Rashi. Take your single page first, the moment around on the other side. And I'm going to read Pasuk Aleph with the Rashi. And then we'll go on to Pasuk Beis, but the Rashi here outlines a lot of the information we're going to need. This fellow Kairish, we'll call him Kairish the first, the only thing that gets you dizzy before you're up to the stage of Adullah Yada, I think this is one of the reasons that we drink, is because people can constantly complain. They have many versions. Who was Kairish? We got three Kairishes, seven Dayavishes, and who knows how many Atah Shasta. And that's the fun of drinking, that when you start drinking, you can't remember any of them, let alone uh, bars. So I know it's confusing, but we're going to make it very simple. This is Kairish. We'll call him Kairish the first. Belshazzar, when he's killed, is killed, and the bubble, as we know it, is overwhelmed, and Parasamata take over. Parasamadai had a joint unity government, although that's a bad joke, but they, uh, but they had it. And the first one was Dayavash, one of the Dayavashes, like a pyro, it's a title. And he was king for a year, maybe two, and I'm being vague on purpose. And then the agreement was after he dies, the next king would be Kairish. This Kairish starts off as a very nice guy, as you'll see from the Pesukim, a real... Uh, almost a hero. He uh, is very generous and he does the Dvar Hashem somewhat. I'm throwing in all these hints because you will need them for next season. Uh, he doesn't exactly do what he was supposed to do according to the Dvar Hashem, but he thinks he does. And he's, um, what we see in the Psukim certainly sounds like he's doing what we would wish any emperor would do, and that is free the Jews, send them back, and even chip in to pay for it. And he's going to announce just that. And Lichla Zvar Hashem Yirmiya means he knows there's an Avua outstanding of 70 years, as everybody knows. And he also knows there's going to be a fellow by the name of Kairish who's going to help the Jews go back. And he realizes it's him, and he's right. Heir Hashem is Ruach Kairish Melech Paras. Leib Hashem. So Hashem gives him this Eris. He also has Bechira, so we've got to give him some credit. He makes a grand announcement and then sends it around in writing so nobody can misquote it. And we're not going to see the announcement just yet. Go to Rashi. Rashi starts off. I made some brackets in this copy. I want to show you select parts. Daniel was written in the beginning of Gaul's Bavo, and Ezra is being written at the end as Ezra will go back, as will Daniel. Skip now to the next bracket, six lines later. Now, we know Belshazzar was killed after he made a party celebrating the demise of the chosen people. As we mentioned last week, very important. People are not used to this. We get confused with different types of anti-Semites. All the anti-Semitism comes, Lashon Sinai, Sinai, Yerdolielam, with the Amanifkar, and there's built-in Kinnah. It's also here, Ace of Sunny is Yaakov. It's here to um, be a hedge against assimilation. There are many reasons why it exists. Not really any of our business. We have to deal with it and not try to solve the problem with secular views on how to solve the anti-Semitic problem, whether it be, become a Bundist, Rachmal Islam, or a Jewish communist, or a secular Zionist, whatever the case may be. All those were answers to try to answer up this age-old problem. Chazal have many answers. Either we do understand the answers or we don't. Those are not the answers. What we see today... I think we spoke about this a little bit last week, is secular anti-Semitism, where the anti-Semites don't know why they're being anti-Semitic because they don't make Rosham the way they used to. That might be good. We don't have Sadiqim used to either. Nobody will, everybody's on a lower Madrega, so they'll make up uh, the Nazis in Machshamam. So they'll say it's, um, it's, it was a very secular, it was based on genetics. Uh, they're not uh, Aryans, and they don't really fit the bill, and therefore, Rahman said they don't deserve to live. They didn't realize that, that doesn't make any sense, but they didn't realize where that's coming from. In the olden times, Rishayim, who knew HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all the big-time Rishayim are looking at the Nevoah of Yemiah. That's on the screen. Big Maminim. 
They're all looking at the number 70, and they told the cabinet, guys, the number 70. That's pretty good for Amunah. The rabbi said the number 70 is the number 70. Right? And that was not a machlekes. The number 70 in Belshazzar HaRosha is looking at that number. The Jews are going to be re- redeemed, or the Navi said they'd be redeemed. So let's look at the number 70, because we're all hoping, I don't know if they're praying, or if they're praying, they're praying to somebody else. Uh, they're hoping and praying the Jews don't get redeemed, and that they do not remain the Amanifcher. The anti-Semitism was based on the fact that we're the Amanifcher. They don't want to get rid of Jews. This is crucial, because you look, Achashverosh had the same stance. Why is everybody throwing parties when the number 70 came and went, and the Jews are now living here, and everybody's throwing a party? Great! We have now millions of Jews here, and they're staying. The secular modern anti-Semite wouldn't say that. He'd say the opposite. Well, we don't want the Jews to stay. We want them out. We want them dead. Why are they celebrating? The answer is, they don't want them dead necessarily. They don't want them out. They just don't want them to be the Amenifcher. So Balshatz is making a, a wild party to celebrate that the Navua was out there. We're waiting, 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 and uh, they didn't go back. So that means we hold they're not going back, and therefore they're not the Amenifcher. So they're like regular people. So we have people in the kingdom. We have people from... Uh, here, from there, different religions, so we got more people. They weren't, they, didn't plan on doing anything about it. Of course, he didn't have time to do anything about anything, because as soon as he did this, the handwriting was on the wall. That's one of the few expressions that aren't the Chukah Sam issue, by the way, because that's straight from Daniel. So you can use that one. Uh, that, that There's no other source for that. And he saw the handwriting on the wall, knew it was him, and Daniel explained to him nicely that it means, uh, basically, long and the short is, you're finished and, um, and he was finished that night, and the kingdom was finished as well. So, it's important to know, he's making the party, because he made that cheshpin, and it seems to be that the 70 years came, and I, he had all his advisors, they knew math, and apparently he wasn't right. So, Rashi, yes? Give me a month or two. I will, that's what we're getting into. We're going to do some of it tonight, uh, but uh, that's exactly the problem. And you can be sure, Belshatz, I want to know the answer to that question. Also, I love a shovel, but uh, he's <laughs> apparently not really here anymore to discuss it. So, uh, well, I'm just trying. It's in perm fun. It's, it sounds like very drastic, but uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get to it, Mr. Shem. So Rashi says, Tchila Sefer, Seder Sefer Zer, that's our over Very nice guy. And See, now you're all armed with the information. This can start making sense if you give it a few hours. But most people, if you didn't learn Malachim Beis, who's Yehoyakim? What does he have to do with anything? That's why we learned it. We just did a quick chazara. For anybody listening, if you weren't with us from Allah and Bez. So Rashi already gives us part of the secret. We have a lot more to see, but Rashi already marks there's a gullus called gullus Yehoyakim. It was 18 years before the Chorban. Keep that in mind. Roughly, give or take, it was uh, three years into his reign, it reigned 11 years, that's nine years. Then he got the end of his reign, then gullus Yehoyakim, three months later, another nine years, and nine years after that was the Chorban. These are all half years, quarter years. The reason uh, to, to answer the quick answer, which is not the right answer fully, is that Belshazzar uh, didn't even have the math right because the years are hard to calculate because all the kings started the years in the middle of the year and they're different months, so it's hard to know half year, quarter year, three quarter year. That added to the confusion, but that's not the main problem. Uh, no, no, it happened nine years later. So well, we, 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 we will see, but the... The point is, Rashi already marks Golos Yehoyakim, and Kairish is making a grand announcement recorded here at the beginning of Ezra that I'm watching the 70 years, but I'm a good guy, and I believe in the 70 years, and I'm not praying that the 70 years should lead to the demise of the Jewish people. I'm actually here because I'm the head guy who Hashem gave dominion to. He will say this all for favorite, believe it or not, and I'm here to help you guys out, which he will say barichas and be very clear about it. And he said, the 70 years are up, and you're all free to go back. That's uh, great. Um, fantastic. The only problem is uh, they're going to go back, and not too many people went, which we'll discuss. Uh, what I alluded to last week three times, we're not going to get to it next season, and be enough screaming and yelling next season when we talk about it to understand the various dukim that some people make that have to be examined and slugged up, uh, which we will try to do. And... Um, there's no mitzvah to shluck something up unless it's um, not a correct diuk, and we will discuss that. But right now, no blame on anybody. Everybody's good, and he gave us just to go back, and 
Many fine people will go back. So, Rashi continues, Fimalais the Bavai and Shana Efkar Eschem, that's the Pasuk in Yemi, Yeshachazi Yisrael, Migalas, Bavalais Yisrael, Baisa Shana, Shana Sachas the Kerish, Yasti Yisrael, Yisrael, Baisa Mikdish. So Rashi says that everything started off fine. 40,000 people approximately went back when Kerish makes this announcement, and they get back, they settle, and then they lay the foundation of the Baisa Mikdish. After they did that, and while they were doing that, uh, no shortage of anti Semites on the ground in Yehuda. And they didn't like it. You might not believe this, but after the Holocaust and after World War II, when everybody should have been feeling sorry for us, when the Jews went back, and many Jews went back, they nowhere else to go. And they went back to Poland and Lithuania and all the cities. And you know what? You, you can't believe the Goyim, who loved us so much on the way out, um, didn't like the fact that we came back. Rahmala uh, Islam didn't like it to the tune of they, they were pogroms and they started, uh, got very dangerous very quickly. Well, over here, there were a lot of Goyim living in our houses. Same scenario. And all the villages in Ariyuda. And all of a sudden, 40,000 people came in and we were back. And they didn't like it. You'll say, well, over there, the emperor himself, who was the emperor of the whole world, said they should go back and he lent his support and his money and his encouragement. It's all true. They couldn't care less. Emperors uh, in general, um, even leaders of country in modern times, after the war, the war ended after World War II, right? And we had sovereign countries and big armies and the U.S. Army was there and they took over the whole continent. You would think they'd be able to keep control. Didn't work. Didn't work in a big way. They came back and they were, how can you have a pogrom after the Holocaust? The U.S. Army is here. Nancy's Army is here. They're here and they're there and they can't be everywhere. And the way it goes. So you shouldn't be so surprised over here. There were enemies on the ground and they started writing nasty letters and made a whole campaign that the Jews are um, rebelling, which wasn't true. And you send enough Lush and Hura and you shouldn't let them build the Besamekdish and the temple's not a good idea. And after enough hawking, they convinced Kairish, some say he went off by agreeing to this, and some, the girl has upshot that it was a different king after him. But whoever it was, pretty quickly, after they laid the foundation, they got no further, and there was a huge stop work order posted all over the worksite. That's Harabais. And Kerish, let's assume for simplicity, Kerish put it, he's the one who gave Rishus, he rescinded the Rishus, and that's what Rashi said, Sari Yehuda Benyamin Hilshinu Aleim. The Kairish Melech Paris, Rashi holds it was Kairish who accepted the Lashonar. And he put a stop to it. This all leads one into the next. And this stop work order continued, and it continued just as stark under Achashverish and Vashti, both of which, both of whom didn't like the Jews anymore. And Achashverish and Vashti are also looking at the number 70 which is a Pella, why they're looking at number 70. We did that already. Kerish took care of that. So we'll discuss that. And they kept the stop work order in place as a government policy. Nope. We got the second Dayavish over here. So this, let's identify him as Rashi says. He was the son of Achashverish and Esther, according to Moshita. Dayavish, Atachshasta, call him what you want. He had various names, but he's a good guy maybe even Jewish, and with the program, and he's going to give a shush, this is many years later, uh, he's going to give a shush to continue the binyan. Even then it won't go that smoothly because the enemies are still enemies and they're shooting as they're building. And then Nehemiah has to come to him and start asking him. He's very upset. He hears a report that things are not going that smoothly even after they really got Rishos to continue. And then this Melech Dayavash gives him Rishos to actually take some of his men go with a mini army and show them who's in charge. And then it gets going. So that's a long time from the original order of Kerish, and you'll never guess how long. If you have to take a wild guess, how many years in between the original Sivir Kerish and they finally got going again, and this time to complete it. How many years? Pick a number, and if you ever have to pick a number, you don't know what the number is, even though I gave you enough information, just pick a number that they've been picking in America for 100 years at any pledge in any shul. That should be a dead giveaway. As a matter of fact, the Sat Marov made a, made a joke. He said it'd be better instead of pledging chai, they should pledge mace. It's a lot more money. Uh, so uh, it is Arab perm, so I've got to keep you guys away. But Sat Marov did say that. It's not a bad idea for the Gabayim over here. Um, Lamaisa, the number is 18. I just told you. From the first Gullus of Gullus Yo Yochim to the Horbin, there was 18 years. 
So if another, there's another demarcation line over here, that's going to be 18 years from the actual Corbin. But we have a lot happening in between, like Megillus Esther. So Rashi is just giving us a general overview with a lot of questions that we have to still deal with. But the final Dayavash, the son of Esther, Nachashverish, will give them the go-ahead. And they will complete it. In case you didn't get all that, Rashi spells it out. 18 years, and now they're really getting going, and they will, Amit Hashem, complete it to be by Yashani. That's quite an overview with a lot of questions that we have to now address. Yes? 18 years from when? 18 years. We know there was 18 years from Golos Yoyakim, which is the first Golos, to the Churban. And we also know that Kairish now is making a grand announcement. You can go back, which was, I'm giving some of the answers now. The Ramban's going to spell this out. We need to, I'm doing this in layers so everybody actually remembers it. And there, it's not that complicated. The math doesn't get more complicated than this. It's just there are three demarcation lines. Rashi only mentions two, but 18 years, the beginning of when Nebuchadnezzar conquered Yisrael, till the Chorban. And the first wave of goals, when he first conquered Israel, he took Daniel, Hanam, Meshav, and some others, and some Kalim. And by the Chorban, he takes a lot of other people, and some more Kalim. And then there's Golos Yechani in between, which Rashi does not address, and either does the Gemara. Uh, once you have the information build up, you'll start noticing Diyukim in the Gemara. The information in Kolotara Kula is never in one place. That's the beauty of Kolotara Kula. And you've got a Remez over here, Remez over here, and that's why you've got to give Shir to try to pull it all together with the help of not only the Psukim and the Gemara. You need the Rishayim and Achreinim to put this together. Uh, and we're trying to do that over here. So, with that said, uh, we will leave you guessing for now, but I want to continue in the Psukim. Go to your other copy. It also has the Psukim. I just want to... Um, uh, your second copy should have three pages of the Psukim. I want to first share with you what Kairish does before we go to the Gemara. So, go to Pasig Bays. Kayamar. This is Kairish's grand announcement. Okay, everybody got it? Pasik Beis, Kai Amar, page two. Kairesh Melech Paras. This is his grand announcement. He's not saying this out of Gaiva. He's saying, try to explain how we figured out that he's the man mentioned in the Nevoah. If you don't have a copy, please take, because everything is in the copies. The double pages? I want page two. This type of announcement is never to be heard in Tanakh, before or after. This is very unique, very unique. About, uh, I don't know, what was that, six months ago, there was some, um, sounds like some very religious uh, fellow uh, sent something which sounded, if you didn't, know the real story, something similar to President Trump. <laughs> you couldn't make this up. And he was trying to compliment him, and he told him that uh, I, I didn't have, I heard this third hand, so I didn't have the exact transcripts, but it sounds like something he was telling him, he's like Kairish because he gave the Jews Jerusalem, and he gave the Jews Israel, and uh, Trump has uh, certain milas. Anivas is not necessarily one of them, uh, but for a president, maybe that's difficult to do, so I'm not coming with Tainas over here. And he sort of liked all the compliments because the correlation, you have a Gaisha king who is giving Rishos for people to go. And um, he gave us Yushalayim. I don't know. I didn't see any White House edict uh, declaring that we should build a base of Metish. Um, if you see such a thing and it's real, not on perm, because then it's not real. If you see something like that as real, I would uh, maybe get to it as well as quickly as you can because that might set off a little bit of a firestorm. Uh, so nowadays, could it happen? Well, there's no Navua that a guy who is an emperor or a king of a powerful country is going to do it. Here, there's a Navua in place. I'm saying that for a reason, that contrast, because that people are drawing all sorts of conclusions about the process in the last hundred years, in the last few years, about Aschata de Gula, and one of the big things that's missing is there's absolutely no Navua that says any of it. Here we have a Navua that says very clearly, there's a fellow by the name of Kirish, to be very powerful, and he's going to tell you to go back, and that's a real, only a schatel de gula, because it's not going to happen all at once. As we just saw, it takes 18 years to develop this. But the Navi spelled that out, at least when you finish with the Navi, the Gemara, and all the Rishanim who explained what the Navi meant. 
I'm just dropping hints. We will uh, explain that further next season, uh, unless we're there already, which I hope we are, in which case I'll explain in hindsight what it all meant, but you guys by that time have, will have figured everything out. Uh, so for now, we'll just stick with the Real Muslim and go back to the Pusik. Uh, so he announced that the Navi obviously is talking to me. And smart guy. He says, the, the Navua says Kairish. And now, anybody's named Kairish, that's like Pyro. But he says, the Kairish who's going to be emperor of the world and is going to be a nice guy and favorably disposed to the Jews. And he was, and he said, uh, I think I'm supposed to give you Rishus to go back to Yushalayim and build a base of Metish. That's Kavaldic. Exactly what he's supposed to do, sort of. Exactly and sort of. He was supposed to do this. The sort of is, should he have done more? There's a Chazal, which we will get to, that Hashem has a taina on Kerish, that he didn't mandate this. He just said, you can go back if you want, which needs a lot of Hezber, because if there's a taina on anybody, why more people didn't go back, you would think the taina shouldn't be on the Goisha emperor who gave him a shirt. It should be on the Jews who didn't go back. And we don't find that taina directly on them. We find that taina on a Havamina and a misquoted Gemara, in a mandama we don't pass like, which we will get to next season also. So that's really, really bizarre. The Taina should only be recorded on the Melech, who was nice enough to tell him to go back. And he didn't tell them, if you don't go back, you're going to get Malchus and you're going to get flogged, then you're going to have all your assets uh, confiscated. Well, he said, you'll see from the following Pesukim, read it, we'll read it together. He made a very generous offer, and he made it as easy as possible. So that has to be explained, but not for now. Now we're just raising Shaila's Gimel. Mi mikalama yuela kavimai. A very, very firm message. He says, whoever wants to go up, and God should be with you, and you should have siyat ha-shmai, v'yal Yishalayim ha-shem Yudah, v'yivet es beis Hashem elokei Yisrael, hu elokim ha-shem Yishalayim. That's an interesting line. Hu elokim ha-shem Yishalayim. I'm not sure if Kairish was completely from, it could be he was still an Ovid of Azar, but that's a line you would hear from a from Ovid of Azar. That's a little bit of an oxymoron. Um, but the Ovid of Azar, if you want to be really stubborn, like a Amalek or like Pyro, you would just ignore that Hashem exists. Most of them knew Hashem exists, and once in a while sent nice letters to Yushalayim that were written by Malachim and often described as Nebuchadnezzar himself. I'm referring to various Chazals they were aware of. And they recognize it's a Jewish God, and he uh, can Kaviyacho flex his muscles, and they respect that. That didn't stop them, unfortunately, from believing in 6,000 other gods. So this line, who Elohim is Yushalayim, I don't know if he meant that he's very powerful and I am his messenger to allow the Jews to go back. However, that doesn't affect my gods over here, which means he's not home yet, or it means I recognize him as the only powerful, all true powerful God who has his center and his building in Yushalayim. That could be fit in, yes? Yes, but here it's even worse. It's pretty restrictive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, and that doesn't surprise me. He was as nice as they come for those tkufas, and, you know, doesn't mean he was a total Geetoshev uh, yet, but it's not a referendum on Kerish, even though we're going to have to have the referendum. Ms. Chazal quote that Hashem had tainas on something that wasn't done right. But it's just an interesting uh, diak. But the rest of the offer, go back, build the base of Mikdash. V'chala nishra mikala makam is hugar. Sham, Yinasu, The next step is we understand that you're immigrants, second generation immigrants, and you don't have a whole lot of money, and I've been taxing a lot, and we get that, and I'd be can afford moving around is very expensive. It's not just one plane ticket, and this costs a lot of money, and therefore we're going to help you finance it, which is very nice of him. And how he can help finance? So I guess he could have collected more taxes and then sent them the money. Instead, he makes a direct appeal to the people. That's the Goyim all their neighbors, and said, you should help them. Similar to Yitzhi Sitzrayim. Yitzhi Sitzrayim, they weren't asked. Yitzhi Sitzrayim, the Yidin were told, go and knock on the door and ask them for Nadavas to help you leave to pay for your slavery. And as the Medjah tells us, all the Mitzrayim said, sorry, got no money. And they said, well, that's very cute, but during Machas Cheshach, we actually looked around, and you have a lot of money, and therefore we uh, would like it because you owe us a lot of money, which they did. So... Over here, it, was, it went down a lot easier. Uh, the emperor asked them to help out, and they actually were very interested, and they helped out a lot. Not only did they help out, he knows that they want to send money with them and animals for Kabbalah to make an adava to this Jewish temple, and he said, I want you to pay them and finance the trip and send you adavas, not one or the other. He's going to spell that out. So he is very uh, thoughtful about this process. Means on top of the nadava. And it works. 
Lochol Heirel Akim, rather, they were inspired, meaning not everybody's inspired, but these that went obviously were the inspired ones. Lochol Heirel Akim, Esruchol Lalos, Livnos, Esbeis Hashem, Asher Bishalayim. And you guys are already wondering, like, why was this? I don't know what the percentage was. There were 40,000 people. I don't know how many people were there. Maybe it was 10%, 20%, 30%. It wasn't, doesn't sound like it was right of them. And all Jews should want to go back. It's not that easy. And to compound the problem, which, again, we're not discussing this season, is was it a chiv? That's a pretty important question. And you would say, why in the world wouldn't it be a chiv? Well, again, the Taina is on Kairish. Why did he make it a chiv? It doesn't seem to say anywhere it was. And we will uh, discuss that at length because it's a pretty contemporary Shiloh. Why would the Taina be on Kairish? Uh, that's what we just asked. Why would the Taina be on Kairish and why wouldn't it be on the Yidden? So but that's what we're not answering now. Pasik Vav. And the Jews had tremendous cooperation from the Gayim, from the neighbors. Chizku Biyadam. Bechli Kesev. Next page, page three. Bizar Berchush Bebehema or Migdanus. They gave him money. They gave him gold, they gave him food for the trip, they gave him behemoths, lavad, alcohol, his nadev, and they listened to the authority. Besides the action of Dovers, they said, this is for you, and do me a favor, can you please donate this when you get there? This donation, I hope, is held in a safe deposit box, and it take 18 years to actually have something to donate to, but that wasn't anybody's fault. Next step. In the royal uh, treasury... It wasn't, I'm choosing my words, it wasn't his royal treasury to begin with. It was now, because he conquered Bavel. But Nebuchadnezzar, as the Pesach will say, had a lot of kalim of the base of Middash, which he stole when he conquered. And they were kept very, very secure. And there was a log of exactly what he took. You read the Pesukim, if you don't know the background of everything we're raising, you'd say, why does he keep a log? And why does the Pesach make a big deal that when he handed it back, which we're going to read right now, there was somebody that Excel spreadsheet that was marking down everything that was handed back. Like, who cares? You have all the stolen kale, give them all back. Why? And the Pusik, nothing's for naught. The Pusik is telling you that there was a very exact accounting of what it was. And normally, people who didn't conquer it or work for it in the first place suddenly don't give an exact accounting. Because why should they be careful with the money? They didn't make the money. It's easier to give away money. He didn't, he didn't make it. He conquered, uh, that was hard work, but he conquered Bavel and he yashined all of the treasures of Bavel. So, again, I'm raising these questions for a reason, as you will see. Nebuchadnezzar brought these treasures back to his base of Orazar, stored it there, V'yetziem, Karish, Melech, Paris, Al-Yad, Misredos, Ha-Gizbar. is going his way to say, it's a very official event. After he made the announcements, all the neighbors are financing the whole operation. Everybody's getting ready to go. He calls the Nasi of Yehuda, the leader of the Jewish people. He says, okay, before you go, i got to release all the kalim. We've got to do this very carefully. And he calls his secretary of the treasury, Misradas, and he counts it out. We'll get back to who he was soon. And he's the Nasi, he's the leader, and he has an official ceremony of the secretary of the treasury. Again, if I didn't have good answers, I wouldn't raise this kasha. But when you go back with all the information, you wonder, why is the pussy pointing this out? I need a separate pussy to tell you that he's releasing the camera. He's a nice guy. We know he's financing. Of course he's going to release the stolen goods. It's a whole ceremony. He's releasing the kalem. And not only that, the part we're going to skip right now, but the sukim actually tell you exactly to the, to, the, to the kli, to the number, exactly what he's releasing, which begs the question, why? Just open the door. I let them take all the kalim that belong to us. Why are they giving an accounting? We didn't have an exact accounting of what they took because we were being conquered at the time and being enslaved. So whatever, just open the door and we'll take whatever's there. Why is this so important to know which kalim? Skip now to Pasigal. I'm going to go back to the Rashi's in a moment. Another important piece of information. I'd love to learn all of Ezra, but we don't have time for that right now. I'm trying to show you what's important for the Megillah. Ve'ela b'nei ha'medina, ve'ela mishvi. Go to page four. Ha'gayla ha'shehegla nebuchadnezzar, me'lebavel, lebavel, ve'yishuv v'yishalayim v'yehudi ish le'ibroi. And everybody's now going back. Uh, sounds like there are a lot of words over here because it sounds like the people who went to left, obviously the people going back are the people who went to Gullus. What is coming uh, to include? Asher bo im zu bavel, 
And they're going back now, one of the leaders, famous leaders, Rubavim, Yeshua, Nehemia, Saraya, Raloya, and Mordechai Bilshan. Mordechai Bilshan, that should ring a bell somewhere, even if you're drunk already. Uh, Mordechai Bilshan is Mordechai. Mordechai, as we know from the Megillah, we're reading this in a couple of days, so already the Megillah is going to mean a lot more. We read it to the tune of Eicha. He went out with Golos Yechanya. Daniel went out with Golos Yechanya. And not only did he go out with Golos Yechanya, the Gemara Megillah says he actually volunteered, one of the few who actually volunteered to join the lineup of who's going into Golos, which took a lot of bravery. But he realized if the Cheresh Lamaski and all the Simil Chum and Sahedrin are going, I better be going with them. So he volunteered to leave. He went to Bavol. Bavol's nowhere near Shushan. But Bavol in the interim was conquered and then was transferred to Shushan. Uh, that's why he ends up there, and Daniel also ends up there. And he is among the people who are going back when Kirish makes his announcement. So where is he? So already we see from here that Mordechai went back to Eretz Yisrael. It's not the first time, and not the last. He went back to Eretz Yisrael, and for some reason it had to be back in Golis, and also had to be in Shushan because he's very needed for the Yeshua and for what created the uh, issue, and they held he was wrong. They had tainas on him, and he said, no, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do because you're supposed to make a Kiddush Hashem and not let Haman believe everybody's bowing down. And there's a similar school of thought in the name of Hananiah Meshav Vazaya, who could have just disappeared. Why'd they make a tumble? Just leave, like everybody else did. Answer is, there were people who were bowing down, and that's why the Kittrick of Perm came. The Maskan Gemara is because Jews bowed down in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. Also, they went to the Sutta, which they shouldn't have, but the first problem was bowing down. So, Chanai Meshav was not volunteer to show they're not bowing down because somebody had to make a stand. And Mordechai was doing the same thing. He was 100% right on the issue. But he was back from HSL. He already had gone in the first Gula process. Now, go back to Rashi here in this set. Go back to, just fill in some more details. Go back to page 2 for Kairish's announcement. Who pokad alai? His announcement was, I'm the man, I'm the emperor, and Hashem told me. Well, Hashem didn't speak directly to Goyim. The only one on record, the only one and a half on record, are Bilam. He didn't do very well with it, and maybe Avimelech, sort of. Uh, some sort of conversation with, uh, get back to Eishasish. But uh, it's a very short list. And he wasn't claiming to hear the Dvar Hashem directly. Take a look at Rashi. Hanavi. two Nevi'im giving Nevu'ahs about Golas and Gula. And that was Yirmi and Yeshaya. The Yeshaya Hanavi living as La Beis HaMetish B'Shalayim Kamashin Amar B'Sefer Yeshaya. Mandalid Ha'aymer L'Kairish Roy. It's a Pasuk. Ha'aymer L'Kairish Roy V'Chol Chasi Yashlem. Now you can begin to understand if last time you learned all the Yeshaya, you didn't catch this. Notice how the Pasuk says, there's a man by the name of Kerish who will be my shepherd, meaning he's going to take care of Kalei Yisrael, meaning tell him to go back. He's going to tell him to go to Yishalayim and build a base of Medish. It says, Heichal Tusad. What's Tusad mean? Tusad means we're going to make the Yesoi. That's all that happened. So without this image, you would say, it means build. No, it didn't mean build it meant, when he originally said it, he meant get it done, and then he himself possibly rescinded it, and ended up being Tusad, is, it, the foundation was there. So here we have a very unusual circumstance, where again, just like all the Rishayim and Sadiqim and everybody else in between is watching the number 70, and Daniel's figuring out when the 70 should apply, we'll get to that soon, you have this king who's now born who wasn't really around then, but he, it's so famous in the world. Yeshaya, the Jewish prophet, it's like so funny. Like the Goyim are listening to the Jewish prophet. What did he say? How did he say it? What's going on? So the Rosharim wanted to see if it's not going to be fulfilled. Kerish is a good guy. He said, he said in Avua about an emperor who has the whole world under his feet and he's going to let the Jews go back and help him along and his name is Kerish and that's me. Okay. You know, there was a Navua floating around. A Baskal came out. There's a great man about to be born. His name is Shmuel, and he'll be the great Shmuel Navi. You know what everybody did? That generation, every Jewish mother named their kid Shmuel. It's a great idea, no? You never know. It's got to start somewhere. You got to try. Got to be in it to win it. No, so nothing wrong. 
I think the Rebbe in class had a rough time because that's worse than Yehli because uh, uh, that's, you know, Baruch Hashem, everybody named after the Satmarov, rightfully so, and it got confusing. So they had a system, they worked it out. Here you had the next generation, what? Everybody was named Shmuel, and then the Chazal tell us that after a while, first grade, second grade, third grade, they all grew up to be very productive, B'nai Torah, Hashem people, but they sort of realized on the way this is not going to be Shmuel and Avi. And there was one who took the mantle, and he became Shmuel Navi. Nothing, a lot of things to learn from that medrash. Nothing wrong with trying, and you got to shoot for greatness. Well, I don't know how many other kerishers there might have been who wanted the job, but this particular job, we had more people who hated us than liked us. So I would imagine there weren't too many people who wanted to be the kerish who's going to help the Jews. And he did, which is to his credit. No, this is a title, but it, there weren't that many. I, I, I started at the beginning saying, don't get confused with Dayavish and Kairish, but there weren't a thousand of them. We're going to have a few, but he understood it was him, and he was right. It was him, to the extent that perhaps he could have even done more. And this Rashi says that his announcement was, I know, and you know, and everybody knows this Navua. Navua's talking about me. I'm Kairish, and you can get going now. We're going to pay for it, which is wonderful. So far, so good. Okay, you're following. Let's go to the next Rashi in Dalid. Next part of the announcement was, if you can't afford it, ask your neighbors, they're going to help you out. And the Pusik says they did, and the reason they couldn't afford it is because they were captives and immigrants. Yenasu, Rashi says, I'm giving by royal decree. I'm telling the neighbors to help out. Apparently he knew that everybody's interested in sending the Dovas, which is good. He said, besides the Dovas, I want you to give more money, make sure they get there, and they travel as comfortably as possible. And then when they go back, it'll be your schus as well. Rashi hedges on purpose, not everybody gave. But there were enough neighbors who financed it, and that was fine because not everybody went. Matter of fact, most people didn't. So whoever went, apparently it worked. They got the trip paid for if they couldn't afford it, and the people sent Nadavas. Badamashi involved Chol Saviva Sehem. Kalamim Shayushem Shayusalu. Next page. Page three. Lala Sishalayim Lavad I'll call his Nadev calls us he isn't shreni Yudim Lavad Mashahim is Navan Basan Labinya Bai. So Rashi spells out. They were very interested in having a piece of the action of the Beis Amikdash. And that's fine. Beisi, Beis Tfilo, Lechola, Amen. They do have a piece of the action. Nothing wrong with that. Skip down to the second Rashi in Ches. Now they're giving out the Kalim and he's counting it out. And they're being very, very careful. Yisperim. Hagizbar Zeb, Secretary of the Treasury, Mono Masram. He gives them over carefully to the leader of the Jewish people, one of the leaders, L'Sheish Batsar. L'man Yisayim V'Elochem Yishalayim V'Amar Abbasenu. So Rashi gives us another helpful clue. Amar Abbasenu Hu Sheish Batsar Hu Daniel. Lama Nikra Shema Sheish Batsar Sha'amad B'Sheish Saris. Daniel, if you ever learned Daniel, really had been through a lot. And to his credit as the Navi Adar, the Gadol Adar, he survived. The lion's just the beginning of the problem. Uh, he had a lot of enemies, and they didn't like him because he was needed, and Nebuchadnezzar gave him a lot of covet, and they, they put him through a lot, and he almost got killed um, many times, and he'd been through a lot. So now we have not only Mordechai Bilshan going back with this first Aliyah, we'll call it, but Daniel goes with him, and they're both found on Monday night in your shuls in the Megillah. So that means they went, and they're back at the time of the Megillah, and that's not uh, 18 years later. Hasach is a Shaila, whether he was Daniel, but many Shittas hold that he was Daniel, and Rashi over here says he was the leader of the 40,000 Jews going back. Well, well I need a, either, um, well... I can't even say, give me a few weeks. We have 20 minutes left. But uh, if it's not answered, uh, come back next year. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I know this is going to put you in more suspense as you read the Megillah, but you'll suddenly be more awake uh, because you'll be looking for things. Uh, now let's go to the Gemara and Megillah with this information.
And the Gemara, as the Gemara always is, this is Tarish about Pez. We write down as little as we can and leave it to the Rishayim and the Achrayim to figure everything out. So the Gemara here on Yud Aleph on Beis, if you look at the bottom, the first bracket, now records uh, some Chachmas from the next great humble person in the history of the world, and that's Achashverosh. So let me just remind you, it's a very important Rashi. All the Rashis are important. They begin the Megillah. It's important. I wish we can get all the information about the Megillah, but that's going to take us four months next year, and I'm pleased maybe four months the year after and the year after that. Uh, one very important tidbit. We are cheering at the end of the Megillah. Um, I don't know what happens in your shul or my shul. The rafters are shaking by then. And then when Haman gets um, hung, you know, Baruch Hashem, they built the building enough that um, so that's great. Uh, we are also a bit, you know, just interview a few sample people on Perm and ask them what they think about Hashverosh. They say, well, you know, not my favorite guy, but at the end of the story, he really came through. Rashi tells the beginning of Megillah, who Hashverosh, the Diak is, he's a Russia mitchila atzaifah. We give credit where credit is due, hence the Chavayna Zachal which is a tremendous Chiddush in Akaris Atayv. Chavayna, according to many shitas, was a Benedict Arnold. I told that to a guy today, and he looked at me with a strange face, like I had a few heads. He said, Benedict Arnold? So I figured, okay, so you don't remember him. I only remember him because I quote them in Sheer, that's all. So uh, I'm not so smart either. But, uh, so I looked at him, and then he asked me who he was. When he asked me who he was, he asked me in a British accent. <laughs> you couldn't make this up. So I said, oh, he actually went to your side. He was a Benedict Arnold for us. As a matter of fact, you probably hired him. I didn't want to. He got very uncomfortable after that. Uh, so Benedict Arnold, if you're American, I just want to you know, make that clear. The guy was British. Uh, he was regularly on the shear. I just forgot he was British, but he's living here a while. So I explained to him, Benedict Arnold, it's pretty scary. That means in London, they don't look at him as a bad guy. I don't know what they learned. I started asking him. He didn't know what I was talking about. Benedict Arnold was a guy who was a traitor. And he went over to the Redcoats. That's the guy I was talking to. Um, so I, we don't uh, clap for those guys, and we don't like those guys. And he was Chai Misa for uh, reneging on the deal that he was supposed to be on our side. But that's a different schmooze. I don't know what happened to him at the end, but we could discuss that on the way home. They hung him? Oh, they caught him. Okay. So Chavayna, uh, was a Benedict Arnold. He was with Haman, which means he's pretty bad. And he's part of the plot. And at the last minute, he saw that Haman wasn't really doing that well toward the end of the Megillah. And he realized this is getting a little dangerous. And Haman seems to be not too much in favor. And Ahasuerus seems to have steam coming out of his ears. So maybe I should get rid of Haman now and save my skin. That's what happened. That's exactly what he did. He did an excellent job, by the way. And Haman was uh, strung up very quickly, as was Benedict Arnold. And I'm not saying he's from Amalek, but uh, there were probably Jews who were on the red coat side still. There were plenty of loyalists just the way. We should have Shear once on the Hashkafa, the Revolutionary War. It's a, it's a great topic, but not for now. Uh, th- there were many people who were loyalists throughout the Revolutionary War. If you ask your guy in the street, uh, when was it fought and when was it won, when was it over, they would tell you it's a bad mistake. Uh, July 4th, 1776. That's when it started. It lasted, it was one of the longest protracted, bloodiest wars in American history. And part of the problem was we had a lot of loyalists, Benedict Arnold was just the scratching the surface, who were living next door in the 13 colonies. Uh, so I'm not saying they're right or wrong. There's what to be said. I'm happy they finally got, you know, got lost, but um, that's a different story. Yeah. Well, you're, you're arguing with... Uh, regret, okay. Regretted, regretted to the, the end of his days having, having been a traitor. He regretted it because he knew that I'd mentioned his name in this year <laughs> and compare him to Chavana. So uh, he knew what was coming. Okay, I'm nothing personal against him. I never met the guy. And uh, Lamaisa, Chavana, just understand, we, we have a strange... You know, we read the Megillah pretty quickly. For, there's a lot going on when I read the first passage. So Rashi tells us, don't feel good about Ahasuerus. He was a Russia Mitchilovat Saif, and he was also Benedict Arnold. He just liked Esther, and he figured he, he wants to keep the queen, and this Haman guy is trying to kill his queen. He's going to get rid of him. He's still a Russia. Chavana, we remember for good. I'm not trying to paint that wrong. Chavana, it's part of the song. And we remember for good. The, the lesson is, if he helped us, we got to have some Akaris Ataiv. But no, that Hashverosh, Rashi says, a Rosham at Chilavat Saifa. There was a debate, was he a Chacham, a Tipish? What was the IQ level? And 
Lamaisa, Rashi Paskins, Parshab Shad, he was a Rasha Metzchi Levat Saif. That's the first thing. With that introduction to Achashverosh, I will now show you at the beginning, uh, we didn't even start the Megillah, but he's preparing for his party. This is before the party. And he makes a cheshmer, he says, look, my shver wasn't that intelligent. That's what a cheshmer says. That's not a nice way to start off a conversation. You should never make fun of your shver. That's the first thing. So he starts off, he married Vashti, that's Belshazzar's daughter, according to one shita. He said, my shver didn't know how to do math, and didn't know how to make cheshmer, and he got himself killed over this, and he, he really didn't know what was going on, which is true. He didn't know what was going on, and he got himself killed. A thought he was smarter. He said, I'm not going to make the same silly mistake he made. And the Gemara Megillah is going to tell us why he's not going to make the same mistake. Before we read the Gemara, I'm going to finish this uh, tonight, just in the next few minutes. He made a different mistake. And he made another crazy wild party. Same reason Belshazzar did. His party, Pashup Shadis, he's trying to show up as wealth. These people made fun of him. He was of royal blood. That's good for the backdrop of the story. I'm not saying that's not true. The main purpose of the party, this is the reason we start the Megillah, understand that Achashverosh was as bad in many ways, as Haman was, in terms of anti-Semitism, I'll tell you the Chilik and Amalek was in a second, but again, it was this religious anti-Semitism, not the secular. He couldn't really care less whether the Jews stay in his kingdom or not. It was a Muhammad against Hashem, and the Jews, as the chosen people, were the victims of his wrath, and he wanted to celebrate, as his Shver wanted to celebrate, that the Jews are no longer the chosen people. So, Achashverosh, and it's from Kite, everybody had this from Kite, they're all looking at the same number 70, because everybody knew the, the Jewish rabbi said 70, and we're looking to see 70. He says, my Shver messed it up and got himself killed because he touched the Kalim of the base of Mikdash and the Bittekuna. That's very dangerous, Achashverosh said. So don't do that unless you know you're right. And he said, he messed it up, but I have a different calculation, and I'm right. We'll discuss in a moment what that calculation was. He was wrong. The only difference between him and Belshazzar was Belshazzar was wrong and became dead wrong. He's going to be wrong and Hashem's going to keep him alive because he's needed for the plot. That's the only difference. He was really Chai Misa because he took out the Kalim and the Big Tekuna. It just Hashem decides when to carry out the punishment. It didn't make him any better. What was this Cheshman? Look at the Gemara. Amar, Ihu, he's talking about Belshazzar. Ihu mitzatoi, ana chashvina v'latina. Famous last words. Uh, he had the wrong cheshbon. I'm going to make the correct cheshbon. Mik Siv, so he corrects his mistake, which this part's right. Mik Siv, Lamalchus Bavel. So, Belshazzar, part of his mistake, a big part, was he would look in the number 70, which is the right number, and he was counting 70 from the first gullus of Yoyakim when Bavel took over in Eretz Yisrael, as they did the rest of the year, the rest of the world, and they, they took over and was a vassal state, and... And they're basically finished as an independent people for now. And he counted 70 years. And with that, he made a mistake with some half years and whole years and some of those calculations. And Achashverosh says the whole thing was wrong because that's not where you're supposed to start counting from. So he said, he says, the Gamre wrong. Achashverosh was bad at the math. He also didn't know what he was doing. He says, this is Legolas Bovel. What is he talking about? What's the differential over here? So, Galsia Yakim was three years into Yakim's reign, and the next uh, stop was Galsia Chanya, which is the beginning of a real Golis. They took a lot more people, the cream of the crop. He says, That's where the 70 years is from, and he starts doing a Cheshpin, Kama Betsir, and Tambo missing eight, eight, nine years, and he's going to make the Cheshpin between Belshazzar's mistake and the Yavish and Kairish, Paris, and Madai, and now he's king out three years into his reign. That's where the study. Party starts from. He says, now we got it right. Skip to the next line. And now, again, he's celebrating. We've got to get used to this idea. He's making a party that face a million Jews, however many Jews, are now staying in his kingdom. Why is he making a party? If he's an anti-Semite, why is he making a party that they're staying? He had no intent in killing them at the moment. The answer is, he's not interested in killing them. He's made the party that they're not the Amenifchah anymore. Hashem forgot about them. They didn't have to go back. And it's over. He's, he's okay with that. Amalek is even worse that Haman was thrilled about that. He says, yeah, but I don't even want him around. That's Amalek. He was just, everybody else, it just wants to get rid of Klaisel as the Amalekah. So he's starting the same party that Belshazzar started. So now he proceeds to take out the Kalim of the base of Mithrashtam. Okay, so before I read the next line, keep your finger in the place. We have one more line here. There are some obvious kashas over here. And that is, he starts off with this grandiose announcement. He said, my shver didn't know what he was doing. 
Mamisha Nitwit, he makes the whole calculation. Of course, the writing on the wall. He touched the big day kahuna. He had no clue that Klaiso wasn't being delivered because it was before the 70 years. He started from the wrong place. I'm going to get it right. The Jews are not going back. So the only small little tiny problem over here, which the Rabban will ask, which maybe we'll see next year, uh, the Ramban says, what is Ahasuerus drinking? The party didn't even start yet. <laughs> he didn't know that in between, he's counting, of course he knew, he's counting kings. Well, it got Bashatzar, and they got the Yavish, got Kerish, and then got me. He didn't know Kerish made this grand announcement that the Jews should go back, and they did go back, and they started building the base of Mitish. What's he drinking? He says, ah, oh, that's it. Seventy years didn't happen. Nobody didn't know what he was talking about. They're not going back. It's all over. They're not going back. They went back already. They're not going back. What is he talking about? That's problem number one. Problem number two, the next line, Boss Satan Rikid Benayim. This is an unusual expression. When he took out the candle basis, the Satan started dancing at the party. Now, everybody else is dancing at the party, but if you have a Satan dancing at the party, you should really exit stage left very quickly, which the Jews shouldn't have been there in the first place. Normally, if you see the word Boss Satan Rikid Benayim, usually the next sentence, the next part of the sentence is going to be a lot of collateral damage. And here we have um, the first piece of good news. Boss Satan Rikid Benayim, Vaharagas Vashti. Because the Sutton was there, Vashti gets killed. What, the Sutton came, Vashti gets killed? That doesn't exactly fit the program of the regular Sutton activities on a regular night at a party. So what was that all about? Ramban doesn't ask it directly. He does ask it, but when he answers it, he makes some very mysterious cryptic reference to something which I will try to, um, try to explain. Again, not this season. And the Gemara's only comment on this is, yeah, it sounds like a good cheshman. So why was he wrong? Made the party, 70 years. He pressed the reset button. He now counts the 70 years from the next one. They're still there. Shaper chashiv. So the Gemara says, no. He said, no, no, there's a third gullus. And that's the Chorban Abayi. nine years after that. And he should have counted from there. Really, it's Chai Misa, but again, Hashem kept him around for the story, and that was his big mistake. So he wasn't any smarter than a Shver, and they have to now wait another nine years, which is the rest of his reign and a couple of years into his son until they start going back. So we have three points in time. Chai Yisrael basically went into Gullus in three stages, but it sounds like from here, which Ramban's going to say, is they went back in three different stages. And the Navi says quite clearly that not only will the Yidin come back, but the Kalim will come back. So guess what? If you haven't figured out where we're going with this, the Kalim also went back in three different stages. So picture like a carbon date on a Kli. The Kli is not going back with anybody to Yushalayim until the 70 years from when that Kli went. And Nebuchadnezzar did us a big favor without trying to do us a big favor. Every time he conquered, every battle had its own storehouse, its own museum, you'll call it, for the artifacts of the booty of what he conquered. So... The reason why the Pesukim and Ezra go through such detail that he counted out, these are the Kalim, this is the room, don't touch that room, that's for a different time. Kerish knew all this. The people who were tuned in the Navu understood that there are a few different demarcation lines. And he only gave them the Kalim from this room because these are the Kalim from the first Gullus of Gullus Yoyakim. So he said, only these Kalim, and I have a list over here, make sure you only give them what's on the list. I don't want to be a violation of Hashem's Nevoah. So he only counted out these, these Kalim, gave them back to the people who are now in Gullus for 70 years as they went out 18 years before, with the Kalim that were out for 70 years, out 18 years before, and he sent them back. Once you have all the information, it's breathtaking. But, and they went back, and they ran into trouble, but in 2020 hindsight, it really wasn't, it was aggravating at the time. But this is a big lesson for all of us. If you're trying your hardest and it doesn't go, it's probably not time. If you're there, probably very aggravating. We're building, building, all of a sudden, Kairish rescinds the thing. What's going on over here? This is his big gula. We built the platform, that's it. The answer is, that's it for now. And we got a next step, and we got a final step where the son of Esther, who was even Jewish, but the next... Uh, a couple down the line, but the next nice guy who's a Melaparas will allow you to continue the building. You'll have reinforcements from Ezra and then from Nehemiah. Ezra goes up with only another 1,500 people. Nehemiah goes up with armed guards. And then they're going to continue it. What's interesting is the Gemara references the middle part of the Gauls Yechaniah, but according to this theory, which the Ramban is going to suggest, we don't know exactly what happened on the good news from Gauls Yechaniah. 
We know they got a big, huge announcement with 40,000 people going back with the help of the Goyim from Golaz Yoyakim. 18 years before the Chorban means the people went to build the base. I mean, it's 52 years after the Chorban they started building. Just keep that in mind if you're doing the math. Not very complicated. And we also know at the end, Dayavash II is going to give him a shush to continue. What happened in between by the demarcation line of Golaz Yechania at the halfway mark? So you already know I'm hinting. We have something in the Gemara that Sutton was dancing and Vashti was killed. Well, that has something to do with it. And remind me to get back to that. Uh, in the meantime, as you're singing and dancing, remember Achashverish is still a Russia to the end. Remember Chavana did pretty well being a Benedict Arnold. You've got to give a Karas a Taiv. And um, you can mention if you meet his descendants. And keep in mind that poor Esther Amalka, the Sadekis, was kept in the palace married to this creep. And we're all singing and dancing. So maybe take out a minute just to remember Esther Amalka. Uh, because that's a big thing which needs to be discussed as well. Have a good vach, a friend of the If anybody has any matans of Yenifer Yitzchron they want to give, I will take and send it for Yud Dalid. And uh, you can give me now, just please mark it, matans of Yenim. Have a good vach, and we thank um, Shui and the crew. Shui, I see you, at least you uh, rejoined us. And uh, all the Rothenbergs are here, Mrs. Rothenberg is here. We thank all of them as well. And uh, Mitzvah Shem, we'll see you everybody next year. Yes, before.